You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we'll do anything for the shot in Fab Facts. Tickets, please have your tickets ready for the randomizer. And our interview with Richard Harvey reaches its coda. That's all coming up in pod 143, maestro. Of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Hello, Richard James. Hello, Jamie Anderson. Have you seen over there? There's a chap called Chris <gasps> Dale. I don't know if you've met him before. He's rather nice and very smart, and he'll be uh, yes. talking later on in this, the Jerry Anderson podcast. Oh, I am familiar with his work. Doesn't he look well? He's been sunbathing, hasn't he? He does. Uh, it looks like he's been sunbathing for the previous 142 uh, episodes of the podcast. So, Chris, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where have you been all our podcast lives? Yes. This is uh, an unusual form of intro, isn't it? We don't normally talk about Chris so soon, but we've done it well, now. I think he deserves to be right up front, doesn't he? Absolutely, yes. As king of the randomizer, the randomizer general himself, he'll be coming later on to talk about a random Jerry Anson episode and give you his thoughts and analysis and humorous remarks. But what else can listeners expect, Richard James, from this, the 143rd episode of the Jerry Anson podcast? Well, it is the Jerry Anderson podcast, so I should imagine you're looking forward to things Jerry Anderson related. Well, you will not be disappointed. Whew. Because we've got, as Jamie's just mentioned, Chris Dale's randomizer a little later on, we've got part three, the final part of uh, Jamie's interview with Richard Harvey, composer and uh, musician. And we've also got some fab facts, of course, from the Jerry Anderson universe and some newsy news, news, news. Aww. But perhaps most importantly, if mm. you're a listener to the podcast, we'll mm. be hearing from you ah. our lovely podsterons have been getting in touch at podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk they've been writing on our facebook group and tweeting us and also commenting on our youtube videos uh, i've seen a few of those yes. Yeah. yes so i'll be reading some of those out a bit later on too have you have you got the the recent one and about where they you know move to a certain part of the podcast did you, did you get that one no i didn't see oh, that well, I, I, i'm going to paraphrase now but go on. Um, they thought whoever it was decided they would go on and comment i always skip to the interview because that's the only interesting bit well i think that's absolutely fair enough well i had someone very kindly swing by my youtube channel where i put up a few readings from oh, my yes. various books under which uh, they'd commented lacking life <laughs> okay thanks it was probably an autocorrect and they meant loving life <laughs> Almost certainly. Does that make you feel yeah, better? Must be that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Great. good. Well, another reason to love life right here on the Jerry Anderson podcast is this part that's coming up right now, and that part is Fab Facts. whoop de doo Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. This is Fab Facts. Richard James's mm. absolute favourite part of the show. In fact, we could probably do Fab Facts and then end it if we wanted to end this podcast on a high. Is that right, Richard? I thought yeah. so, yeah. Right. So I've got a book of fab facts. I'm going to flick through it. The random boy which will shout fab when I will stop flicking and I will read a fab fact from the page where we've stopped. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to skip the first few pages today. Here we go. Oh, okay. Fab! Uh, it was worth skipping. 
Was it? Mm-hmm. Richard James, are you a fan of a certain Lady Penelope? Well, I've played her. <laughs> you have, haven't you? Yes, I've got the wig somewhere. Gosh, that's uh, I wasn't thinking of that, but you're right. No, I well, know. You playing Lady Penelope is just one of the reasons she has remained so popular. Right. But back in the 60s, as her popularity grew, she began to receive more and more attention, not just in the Thunderbirds television series, but she also started posing for publicity shots all over the place. Did she? And sometimes those pictures saw her visiting the sets of scenes she'd never even appeared in. Ah. So slightly giving away the uh, not the fictional, I almost said non-fictional nature of Thunderbirds Mm. there. Yeah. (laughs) For instance... There is a photo on her on the set of the interior of the wrecked monotrain carriage from the episode Brink of Disaster. Right. Notable because although she was in that episode, she never set foot on the train. Oh, cheeky. It was simply a case of, oh, here's an interesting set. Uh, Take a picture of Penny on it and we can use it for publicity and merchandising somewhere. You know, how about that? Mm. I'm just going to let the dog out. I'm so sorry. Uh, oh. He's uh, having a little right. you, you you fill in. We can, we can leave this in. Uh, I'll be back what? in. Hang on. Hang on. Well, pass me the book then. Let's have a look. Oh, yes. Uh, as Lady Penelope's popularity grew, she began to receive more and more attention, uh, visiting sets. Um, yes, a photo of her so sorry, in the interior of the wrecked <laughs> monotrain carriage. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll pass you back the book. There you go. I'm just um, <clears throat> just getting up to... Oh, but where we were. Okay. There so, you go. You, you take over. There you are. Yeah. Uh, here we go. So, uh, yeah. they basically just created some interesting shots for publicity. Uh, yes. There was, however, one particular Thunderbirds episode which Lady Penelope did not appear in, but that she visited the set for to pose for publicity photos. Yes. But she did not escape that set unscathed. Oh no, what what happened? Uh, for some reason, probably because the episode was one of the most ambitious so far in the run, it was decided that they should take photos of Penny on the swamp set from the episode Attack of the Alligators with two of the dwarf crocodiles who play the alligators. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, you've predicted something there, because needless Uh-oh. to say, it did not go too well. <laughs> Possibly the crocodiles were a little put out by this interloper coming to steal their thunder. Uh, they were mm. the guest stars, after all, Richard, and you know mm-hmm. what that's like, being a guest star and uh, others coming oh, to steal gorgeous. thunder. Uh, oh, or yes. maybe they were just having a bad day, maybe they were hungry, but what, whatever. They decided to take out their frustrations on uh, poor Lady P. In the resulting carnage... <laughs> One of the crocs bit off her leg. No, no! So, oh, so while, while Penny was hastily extracted from this aborted photo shoot, negotiations had to begin with said crocodile to retrieve the severed limb. Oh, dear. Uh, Christine Glanville, uh, lovely <gasps> puppeteer and marvellous lady, uh, later remarked that the crocodile's mouth must have been rather sore. He refused to give up his prize. <laughs> Did they get it back? Well, I guess eventually, yes, yeah. but I guess oh. her leg was not in the greatest state after all that. Crikey. I mean, that's quite horrific, really, isn't it? I, I well, mean, do, do any pictures survive of this horrible incident? I think there's a picture of the immediate before. Right. But not the, the immediate after. No, not the immediate. No. Well, I guess they, they mm. said, oh, Doug, it was, must have been Doug Luke doing the photos, <laughs> I guess. Doug, stop taking photographs. Yeah, he's, he, he's got a leg. Oh, it's come off. Oh, no. Is, is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so quite the disaster there. Gosh. Um, 
Yeah. I'm sure I've heard of, uh, of puppets being, you know, set on fire and damaged by explosive bits and pieces and that sort of thing. But I think Penny takes the biscuit when it comes to, uh, you know, limb removal. You would think that would be one of the hazards of the job, wouldn't you, really? I'm sure there were... You know, tears of uniforms and uh, oh, yeah. heads popping off and eyes falling out. I mean, much you, much like you... any any studio set in the country, really. Yeah, at any exactly. given moment. I was going to say, did you suffer from head falling off or eyes popping out at any point? <laughs> I know you suffered from exploding bottom, didn't you? Indeed, I did. Yeah, uh, I can't think of anything else. We used to have the odd sort of uh, touch up of paint and so on if we'd hmm. scuffed a hand or our mask against a bit of the set. I don't remember things falling off or falling out, though. Thankfully, no, these animatronic heads were built pretty well, weren't they? Built they to really last. Were. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's right. There you go. Well, mm. gosh, that's um, quite yeah. the fact for today, I think. Uh, Isn't and, it just? Uh, that distressing vision of a legless penny brings us to the end of this week's... Leg Fact! <laughs> oh, there we are. Oh, poor Lady Penelope, that's terrible. I know. Th- I mean, that's... Yeah. We must send flowers. Um, now, uh, <laughs> okay. shortly before... You, you, you do that. I'm just going to let the dog back in now. What? So, What's sorry. going on sorry. now? Right. Now, Jamie, uh, while you're doing that, I'll tell our lovely listeners that over on our Facebook page, uh, that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons, uh, I popped over there uh, just a couple of hours ago and uh, told our lovely podstrons that we would indeed be recording uh, a couple of podcasts today. And did they have anything that they would like me to ask or tell? Jamie, so... I do have a few here, so as soon as Jamie's back in oh position... Dear. I'm back, so I, I can't get the dog in. these upon you. Oh, is this going to be a running theme? I think it might be. He won't come in. <laughs> Jamie. <sighs> yes. Questions from our podstrons. Oh, yes, good. It's Ask Jamie time. Oh, uh, Jonathan no. Westall, for example, said, Will we be able to pre-order the Captain Blue and Captain Black Big Chief Studios figures from the Jerry Anderson store this year? Uh, yes, in due course. What we've decided to do is that because Big Chief uh, tend to have a few delays or have in the past had some delays which I think people find rather frustrating we're not putting them up for pre-order until we know they're on the way from the factory in China because um, oh. then we've got a more definitive timeline people don't get stressed out and annoyed yeah. by it so that's the plan for us good uh, Hugh Morn says do you have a favourite example of Derek Medding's contributions to film and television outside of Anderson Productions gosh or I'm not sure actually I guess probably one of the Bond sequences uh, absolutely um, yeah. I'm not. I couldn't say which one. I'm afraid my Bond stuff is not encyclopedic enough. But I've definitely seen. Well, maybe they'll. Did, did Derek do the underwater stuff? I don't know you about know, the, that. <clears throat> where the car goes underwater. I'm sure. Oh well, but that's quite. Yeah, you're talking Roger Moore and um, uh, uh, Spy Love Me, aren't you? With the Lotus Esprit. Car. Yeah, I don't know. Subaquatic. It, I, some someone will definitely uh, correct me. I mean, me for me, it would be. Uh, is it uh, Diamonds Are Forever when the the. Uh, Outer space capsule is captured by uh, the the rocket with the sort of pincers. Do you remember that sequence? Uh, no, no. <laughs> sorry, it's that right. terrible that okay. I'm so rubbish on Bond. I must catch up. Ah, well. A- AC and Chris will be very cross with me, and Terry. Everybody's yes. going to cross with me. I'm so Quite. sorry. <laughs> Ivan says, "Who would win in a fight for Mars, Zelda or the Mistrons? And could we ever see a show with that as the premise? And is it true that you have a secret tattoo of Joe Ninety? <laughs> <clears throat> Um, I, Zelda meeting the Mistrons, that's quite good, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, who would win? Yeah, quite. I don't know. But I I definitely do not have a tattoo of Joe Knight. If I have no tattoos. Do, do you have any sure? tattoos, Richard James? I don't have any tattoos, no. Oh, not go. that I'm prepared to tell you about, anyway. Uh, Pam March <laughs> says, uh, how old was Jamie when he took an interest in his father's work? Oh, very young indeed. I mean, hmm. two, three years old. I mean, when I was a kid, he had the, um, the original kind of wood... 
uh, masters for Hudson from Terror Hawks and the Cube from Terror Hawks. Oh, wood in, masters. In, yeah, yeah, they were they oh, were carved. Uh, right. I, I don't know why, uh, yeah. rather than sculpted. So I'm not sure why they were they were wood masters, but they were beautiful things. Uh, it's a shame yeah. we got rid of them. But I I just remember constantly flipping the cube round on the carpet and playing around. Well, I must have been three, I guess. I mean, that's about as early as you get memories. So yes, very yeah. very early days. Yeah, Do you know, my earliest TV memory is not Jerry Anderson related. It is of course Doctor Who related. Of course, I remember a particular sequence in The Green Death with uh, John Pertwee chasing the um, I think it was a huge bee <laughs> around a Welsh quarry. Is it a bee? Wasp. It's a wasp, I think. Wasp, isn't it? Yeah. Dragonfly? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Littman says, uh, one thing I've always wanted to know. At the end of Terrorhawks, it says, additional music by Jerry Anderson and Christopher Burr, mm. uh, presumably meaning the incidental music featured in each episode. How musical was Jerry? Did he actually play the instruments, or was it that he had a hand in writing it and the other musicians played it? So I'm not absolutely sure over the technicalities of this, but um, I have a feeling there was a bit of a kind of music publishing deal to make sure that uh, Dad and Christopher and Richard would all benefit further down the line mm. from the music side, which I think was uh, lovely Tony Pryor, who was at Telstar and uh, ATV and various other companies who wanted to make sure he was looked after. Um, yeah. Dad was not terribly musical. He had ideas for the st- sort of stuff that he liked, and he would often refer to... Uh, there's, a, there's a bit in um, Ravel's uh, Bolero. It is okay. Ravel, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, where this happens, and I want it kind of to have that sort of feeling. Um, and he'd ask for you know more percussion, more, more kind of pace or that sort of thing, but not any kind of specific musical theory as such. He certainly didn't play any instrument. Yeah. And finally for now, Alex Pass says, did Jamie have a good birthday and how much did he eat? Well, I, mean, I think we can all imagine. <laughs> I ate quite a lot. Really? But as you know, uh, Richard, I unfortunately had a migraine on my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's right. <laughs> I ended up uh, just basically lying down, motionless, feeling terribly sick and not actually eating very much at all. So oh, I know. I don't worry. I've made yeah. up for it since. Oh, I'm sure you have. So there we are all for now. But I've got lots of emails and tweets and uh, Facebook posts to read out a bit later on. I for one, cannot wait for those no. things. Good. Because <laughs> they're coming um, anyway. Oh, that's true. Uh, whether yeah. we like it or not, they're happening. Uh, very exactly. much like the Jerry Anderson news. Oh, yes. It is... Newsy news, news, newsy news, 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 news. From the world of Jerry Anderson. Thank you yeah. very much, Richard yeah. James. Let's start off with a journey to the far side of the sun, better known to us as Doppelganger. Yes. Uh, a brand new Blu-ray and DVD release of Doppelganger are coming out on the, I think, the 22nd of this month, but are available uh-huh. now to pre-order. Uh, lovely, fancy, new, reversible sleeve cover art turned uh, all good stuff, which I'm sure... Uh, everyone will enjoy and it's they've not been available for a while actually so if you didn't manage to get a, a version of the previous edition then you might as well grab this one uh, and the blu-ray looks particularly lovely do you get two discs mm. one, one is a, being a mirror image of, of the other <laughs> yeah you've got a really annoying one where actually you flip it over and it's just got <laughs> yeah. the reverse of the the on body design and there's actually That's nothing right. playable at all uh <laughs> <laughs> I th- it, it's an idea I think the Blu-ray might be a two-disc release but I'm not sure but uh, do pop along to shop.jerryanson.co.uk and uh, find it there 
Now, we mentioned last week, I think, Jerry Anderson Day, didn't we? Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure did. we did. Yes, yeah, a little. So that's all rather exciting. Now, I can't let you in on anything specific just yet, but we will soon be starting to announce activities with uh, partners. There's other companies who are doing rather cool things for Jerry Anderson Day. Possibly some celebrity guest celebrity <gasps> involvement. Okay. And Exciting. I'm also hoping we'll be able to make a, a rather fun announcement around the day or possibly on the day about a, a little project that's ongoing and uh, mm-hmm. I think you'll all be rather pleased about. Uh, that's nice and cryptic, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Let's leave that there. Great. Uh, Thunderbird 6 and Thunderbirds are Go fans. The two Thunderbirds films, um, after many, many, many requests, we finally got those two films' logos on a T-shirt. So if you would like a TB6 or TBAG uh, logo T-shirt, then they are available, I think, uh, for pre-order. In fact, to just order, like, you know, normally. Yeah, Um, right, good. From sometime (laughs) this week, I guess, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. A reminder, if you've bought yourself the Space 1999 Special Edition CD set from the Jerry Anderson store, we are still waiting for uh, delivery at the warehouse. But don't forget, if you've uh, bought right. it and you would like the instantly downloadable version from BigFinish.com, then make sure you've got a BigFinish.com account. Email your Jerry Anderson store order number to inquiries at BigFinish.com and they will add it to your account. FOC, that's free of charge. Great. Space 1999 fans will also be pleased to know that the Metamorphosis of 1999, uh, yes. which is one of Chris Dale's rather marvellous videos, is out this coming weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I thought the premiere was last weekend, but I yeah, messed up the timing, as yeah. often happens, mm. unfortunately, with my brain. But it's, it's a great, great video, and I think I mentioned there's a, a line at the end which will have you in stitches. <laughs> so um, don't skip ahead, though. Watch the whole thing. Yeah. Are you watching Thunderbirds in 4.3 and HD on BritBox UK, Richard James? I bet you've been watching it non-stop. OK, let's say that. OK, good. I'm glad yeah, to hear let's it. Let's go with that. Yeah. Anyway, I know lots of you have been enjoying it uh, because in the UK it's been really difficult to see it in its original aspect ratio and uh, high definition with its original soundtrack. Almost impossible unless you bought the American or the Japanese Blu-rays. Uh, so right. it's great that it's there and so easily accessible. Are you watching? Are you enjoying it? What else would you like to see on BritBox? Let us know. Podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk and we will pass on your suggestions to the lovely team at BritBox. Mm. And finally, from me at least, if you are a Barry Gray fan, then uh, lovely Ralph from the Barry Gray archive has emailed to say that uh, Theodore Clerk has been working hard to keep the Barry Gray discography up to date. And if you would like to see everything that's been out ever from the worlds of Barry Gray, then go to barrygray.co.uk and you can download the discography there and see all the amazing releases. There's pages and pages of Gosh, them. Gosh, I bet there is a whole career's worth. But a career's worth and, and then all the re-releases and the most wow. recent soundtracks for each show. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's quite some list. Yeah. There you go. So from me, at least, that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Nothing from me news. Well, <laughs> I I've got nothing to say. Nothing's happened. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, just, you know. just been staying at home working. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. right. Uh, now, people have been getting in touch, as you might well imagine, by emailing us, podcast at jerryanson.co.uk. For example, Penquilla said, Hi, Jamie and Richard. Read your comments in this week's podcast, number 140, about episodes of Jerry Anderson's series based on real-life events. Uh, the Thunderbirds episode, Desperate Intruder, features an ancient temple submerged in a lake in the middle of a desert, if you remember that one. As a child in the 1960s, I just enjoyed the episode for itself, apart from the bit when poor Brains was buried in the sand. Yeah. Uh, now, 
As an adult, says Penn, I wonder if the story was inspired by the work that was going on in the early 1960s in Egypt to salvage the temples of Abu Simbel to save them from being submerged by the creation of Lake Nasser. Hmm. Interesting. Could well be. I have no better suggestion than that, so let's say yes. Let's say yes. Uh, Penn says, really enjoying the podcast, especially the last couple of weeks, listening to the Scottish Troy Tempest. What an amazing (laughs) life. Keep up the good work. Uh, At the moment... At the moment, says Penn, you're one of the highlights of lockdown living. Oh. Sounds like it's quite a precarious position, though. It, yeah, at the, we're, at the moment. Mm. We're, we're neck and neck with uh, being able to stay in your pyjamas all day. Yeah, quite. Uh, Nigel says, hello to you both. Did I hear correctly on Jamie's birthday podcast this week that there exists some audio of Barry Gray recording sessions? Where can I get or buy this? I'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, I think if you just go on YouTube and search for yeah. Barry Gray UFO, maybe, or Barry Gray UFO Sessions, something like that, you can yeah. you can hear him doing a one, two, a two, a one, oh, two, two, three, three four, four. Da, da, da. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're, they're great. And then him stopping them and saying, no, 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 change it, change it. Yeah, they're <laughs> lovely. Uh, he continues, I have a suggestion for the 150th podcast. It should be interviewing Jamie Anderson by someone else, perhaps Wendy Craig or Ross Kemp. <laughs> yes, thank you, Nigel. How, how about Wendy Craig yeah. and Ross Kemp? <laughs> he says, really looking forward to getting my inflatable Thunderbird 1 and inflatable chocolate biscuit launch pad out in the swimming Yay. pool on holiday this year. Remember that, if we're allowed. Uh, keep up the good work. It's been brilliant listening to all the podcasts, and especially over the last few months. I've taken to listening to it whilst out for my Monday evening run. Oh, lovely. Good for you. Yeah, great. Come on, keep up the pace, Nigel. Sarah says, Hi, Jamie, Richard and Chris. I just wanted to start by saying a big thank you for making my day. Oh, not often somebody says that. (laughs) No, I've just finished listening to Pod 141 and was surprised and thrilled to hear you read out my review at the Ah, end. It was a lovely review, though. It was. She says, I was listening on the bus at the time. And let's just say that I'm pleased I was wearing a mask uh, because it hit the fact that I was sitting by myself with a huge smile on my face. Uh, I think I might have got some strange looks otherwise. I was born in the late 80s, says Sarah, so it was a perfect age to be introduced to Thunderbirds during the 90s revival. And I adored it. I've enclosed a photo of a five-year-old me blowing out the candles on a Thunderbird 2 birthday cake that was made for me. Yeah, it's a lovely picture. As a child, I loved Thunderbirds for the characters, vehicles and storylines. I still do, but as an adult, I'm now interested in the the behind-the-scenes side of things too. It fascinates me. Now in my 30s and a fan of several other Anderson shows too, I'm making it my mission to watch every series available, even if it means dealing with Torchy. (laughs) Well, on your head be it. Yeah, that one might be a bit of a challenge, though. I'm currently watching Joe 90 for the first time. I'll let you know how that goes. Ha ha, says Sarah. Thanks for all the hard work you put into uh, making the podcast so enjoyable. Yeah, it really is hard work, Sarah, making it enjoyable. Uh, It's a treat to listen to, and I love it. Take care and stay safe. Thanks, Sarah, for getting in touch. That's very nice. Jenny Davis says, hi, Richard, Jamie and Chris in Pod 141. Richard mentioned at the end of the Jerry Anson Newsy News 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 that he'd be tempted to offer a prize to the listener who could find out which pod he first sang the outgoing end theme to the Jerry Anderson oh, News. Yes. Ah, well, Richard, says Jenny, I found it. It was pod 25 where you first sang, that was the news, that was the news. But also in pod 20, you ended the news by singing news, newsy, news, news, newsy, news. Well, wow. there. She's done her research. I must admit, she said, it was quite fun going through the podcast looking for when the end theme was first used, and it took me most of Monday to find it. (laughs) Loving the podcast each week and hoping all three of you are safe and well. Thanks from Jenny. Wow, that's pretty pretty serious dedication. So what's, what's Jenny's prize? 
Well, I said I was tempted to offer a prize. Oh, Jim. I see. I see. That's how it works, is it? That's my get-out clause. Uh, Peter got in touch finally to say, Hi, Jamie. By now, you probably know that uh, Gabriel made an earlier appearance at a Fanderson event that you mentioned. It was at Century 21 in the year 2000. Yes, we were talking about uh, Gabriel. That's uh, Father Unwin's car from Secret mm-hmm. Service. You were there, he says, but you were just a baby. Well, I can't, oh. I can't have been a baby in 2000. No, that's true. I would have been that's 15, odd, 14 yes. or 15. But I, ah. I do have a memory of it being in the car park right. of the hotel. So Yeah. yeah. Pete says it was a sad time because Stanley Unwin was set to appear uh, and he had a photo ready for him to sign, but sadly he was too ill to attend. Ah. Peter. Yeah, great. So uh, lovely, always lovely to hear from you, Podstrons. Do get in touch with your comments, reviews, thoughts, anything at all Jerry Anderson related or probably cake related too would uh, go down well. And send them into podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk and I'll read them out next time. What a lovely collection of messages and yeah. and such variety as well. Variety yes. of of ages and experiences and memories and thoughts. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's what it is nice. makes the podcast so vibrant because it's certainly not you and I, Richard. <laughs> oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's the unique combination of our listeners and you, me, and Chris Dale. <laughs> it certainly is unique, I'll give you that. <clears throat> anyway, the other thing that gives us variety on this podcast is yep. our lovely interviewees. And yes, you're right. Last two weeks, you've been listening to the dulcet tones of Richard Harvey. Fantastic composer, conductor, um, musicologist, multi musician I don't know what the word I'm looking for is you know, someone who plays lots of instruments that'll do yeah yeah that and uh, yes we, we've gone through his career and working with dad and uh, in this third part we're touching on later stuff including the Firestorm theme and how that came about and Richard's thoughts on all things Anderson and the potential future of Anderson stuff too so uh, without further ado here is the man himself for his grand finale it's Richard Harvey from your position now, nearly 40 years on from yep. starting work on Terror Hawks, yep. well, how do you feel about that, the whole score and the experience? Uh, you know, do, you, do you hear snatches of that material and feel warm and fuzzy about it, or do you look back at, back at it and it's, do you want to paint out the strings? Uh, no, no. I mean, I mean, literally replace the strings. Yeah, had I been given a chance to... To replace my version of strings yeah, with real ones, I, I, I probably would have done. No, I, I look back to it with with great affection, and you know, I would have been twenty nine when I did it because it came out in eighty three, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I would have been twenty, probably twenty eight when I got the brief. Twenty nine while I was doing it, and. You know, I was thinking, well, I'm I'm well into my career now. Mm. You know, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. But actually looking back at it, it was very early on. Yeah. And it was, you know, part of the learning process, as, as it should be. You know, I think everyone's best work happens when they're, they're in their musical adolescence and everything is budding and blooming and hormones <laughs> are a bit out of control. And... <laughs> You know, it, it was in those days, and uh, the, the, there's no part of those days that I look back at with kind of any kind of regret or resentment, except some of the clients I had to deal with. But you know, that doesn't apply where Terrorhawks is, is is concerned. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I would say obviously, but no. I mean, it was a big team of people, so there might have been one or two in there, but there weren't. 
No, it 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 was fantastic, and you know, f- for me, I mean, it was a year, year and a half of really solid work. Hmm. But then, when I look at your dad's CV, and you would expect to see two years between Supercar and Fireball XL5, two years between Fireball XL5 and Stingray. Yeah. You know, maybe three years gestation for Thunderbirds before that came out with full zeitgeist trumpets blaring. This is it. This is what you've all been waiting for. This is the, you know, the culmination and accumulation of everything we've all learned so far. No, it just followed straight on. Yeah. Without a day off from Stingray. I mean, nobody should ever have to work that hard, but I, I suppose... It, it maybe a lot of it just didn't feel like work to him, but when you when you think that supercar to Thunderbirds were all within five years of a five year period, it's amazing. You wouldn't get that now. No, and and that's I mean I have to say would I have been able to cope with that? I mean, if I did, I would probably have gone very quickly to the old hotel foyer. <laughs> Piano. It makes and I, and I would have said, "I'll play here all day for you for free, but I don't want to see my glass empty at any point." <laughs> That's what five years of that level of productivity would have done to me. I'm absolutely sure. They did that for fifteen years, Richard, and uh, that explains completely extraordinary Barry's uh, mm. choice to retire to the Guernsey Lounge. Well, you know, let's face it, he could afford to retire to anywhere he Yes. He wanted to. I mean, he did very well out of everything he did for your dad and better than your dad did, I I, I think probably I think you're probably uh spot on with that. Absolutely. I mean I I say that because it's obvious that that a, somebody who writes music will you know, continue to own the copyright mm. or own a share of it and will carry on earning Forever, yeah. you know, or seven till seventy years after they're pushing up the daisies. Yeah, exactly. You know, somebody like your dad, who's arguably got quite a lot more creativity and a huge amount more responsibility for the whole thing, gets a check. Thank you very much, sir. Yes, exactly. Would sir like to do another one? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yes. You know, and I'm sure that that Jerry was amply rewarded for his amazing work, but it didn't endure. The way that Barry Graves did. No, no, you're. And I know that 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 got to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they later on. I could see, you know, it came out in many of our conversations. That's why I mentioned yeah. it. You know, it's it's coarse to talk about money, but you know, it it came out in many of our conversations that you know. Yeah, I think I remember when Dad was, you know, really down on his luck, kind of late seventies, early, very early eighties, that he asked. If yes. he could borrow some money, and there was a bit of a, uh, and it was only like a couple hundred quid he needed to tie him, tie himself over. Oh, that's, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, I would have had I been Barry Gray, I'd have said, "Yeah, do you want my house as well?" Because you're actually very welcome. To <laughs> oh, well, I'm not. I'm not judging. Because thanks to you, I can go and buy another that's one. That's true. I'm not judging Barry for it, but I know that caused Dad some real, real. No, well, uh, that, I, I, I didn't know that, but that's you know. It, there's an odd dynamic there, or the, the, there would have been an odd dynamic there. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, there's something wrong in that. Yeah, but it's the it's the way the industry is. So we have, yeah have to uh, accept. Yeah. Um, now, Richard, I'm I'm aware of time ticking on, so I want to make sure that we cover a bit of all the exciting things you did post Terrorhawks, and then touch on Firestorm before we wrap up. Yeah. Post Terrorhawks, you have gone on to become a a highly respected and uh, BAFTA award winning composer for film and telly and you know all sorts of other stuff just uh, compositions for their their own sake and releases and oh, uh, I kept busy and you I, I keep referring to you as Hans Zimmer's right hand man or one of his right hand men is that fair I mean if you could give just give me some sort of highlights from post Terrorhawks to now well I mean in a sense no that's not quite right I mean it, he and I bounce off each other from time to time. Yeah. You know, if he heard that I happened to be in LA, mm. he would give me a call and say, look, can you come in and do something on this? You know, sometimes he calls me and says, can you get on a plane? I don't like getting on planes. Fair enough. So I only do it when there's very good reason for it. No, I mean, it, it, it's been really nice for the sort of general roundedness of my musical life and career to have been involved in some some very big Hollywood productions. I mean, it's not just Hans. I mean, my two former assistants, Harry Gregson-Williams and, and Rupert Gregson-Williams, are still Hollywood-based and doing very big productions. And, you know, I help them out with stuff from time to time. But um, it, movie and TV isn't never was everything for me. No. And, and now it's really on the, you know, it's in the margins. Um, I will only do projects that are really close to my heart in some way. Because I don't, I don't put myself out there. You know, I do have an agent, but I don't. I, I say, look, just if something amazingly suitable comes up, give us a shout. Otherwise, just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> sort of thing. Um, you know, if I look back at my CV, I think I've got it. You know, been fortunate enough to have got it just about right, mm. because. You know, nothing has changed since I was a 14-year-old other than the fact that my brain and my body have deteriorated. <laughs> Otherwise, nothing else has changed. You know, I still try to have a little go at everything. Yeah. You know, I do concert music. I play concerts. I conduct. I love mentoring people who are just starting out. I seem to have been quite more successful at that than I have at mentoring myself over the years. But, you know, when, when we get going on Firestorm, you know, my semi-retirement will come to a very sudden end. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep you very busy there. Sleeves will be rolled up and a lot of coffee will get consumed and, and we'll go. Yeah, I mean, you know, you asked about Hans. I've, I've worked on a lot of projects with Hans. You need to remember he's younger than me and, you know, we started out at – Aerodel at the same time. He was doing commercials. I was doing commercials. I started to work on films, and um, he got more involved in in the pop side of things. 
and then came back into film. But, I mean, he was essentially the in-house synth programmer at Airedale, and I was the in-house, you know, might compose it or might help someone else record their sort of chap, both very, very young. Yeah. And, um, you know, I I could never have done what he's done. I mean, he's he's moved to to Los Angeles, built up a huge empire out there. I could never have done mm-hmm. that because you, once you have that many people around you and so much structure around you, you can't even take a break. Yeah. And that's great for Hans because he doesn't, the last thing he ever wants to do is take a break. So, so you know, it's perfect for him. But, you know, I like to travel the world. I mean, it's getting less easy and less fashionable to do that. Yes. But I'm very glad that I did the traveling I did when it was okay to do that. But I've always spent at least three months a year traveling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that isn't just, you know, for the sheer pleasure of it. I mean, it, it's made me the musician I am seeing musicians working with musicians jamming with musicians around the world collecting instruments whatever I mean I I get I work on a lot of projects that are set in other times and other places and you know under those circumstances I'll say yeah actually I'm the right man for the job (laughs) Um, if you want me to do Wonder Woman 4 no I'm not the right person for that job because I have to do my own thing. Interesting. Hmm. Speaking of doing your own thing then, Richard, and you mentioned Firestorm now, so it seems uh, only prudent that we do this. Yeah. Why? Looking forward to that phone call, uh, Jamie. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, it listens to the, to the podcast. Get those trees rolled up, mate, <laughs> you'll say to me. Mine, mine are already rolled up, as you can see. Um, I'm going to be winter dress on. Well, yeah, listen to the podcast, know the sort of uh, turbulent time for Firestorm and the difficulties of getting it going, but we are, you know, edging ever closer. But when the the idea of this was first mooted to you, you know, what made you say, all right, then, fine, I'll I'll do that, versus Wonder Woman 4 and saying no? I didn't say, oh, all right, then, I'll do that. (laughs) You, all right, fine. Well, what what did you say and why? I said, yeah, I absolutely want to do that. Don't you dare even think about giving that gig to anyone else. <laughs> you did. But, you know, yeah. was it, uh, you know, another stab at something Anderson? Was it, you know, did you feel like you owed something to dad? Was it just an exciting project or a, a mixture of all things? I'm really interested to know. A couple of things, really. Yeah. First thing is... It's my gig, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the first yeah. thing. The second thing is, I think we'd both admit that there's some something retro about Firestorm. Very much so, yes. You know, because you could you could tackle this in so many different or other ways, mm. but you've chosen not to. Mm. You, you're yes, of course. There's there's CG involved in this, and there has to be. But, you know, it's a pretty analog production. In many ways it is, yeah. And I, and I like that mm. um, because, you know, every time I've seen somebody try to improve on Thunderbirds, they've made a complete dog's breakfast of it as, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, for, 
oh, don't don't get me started. But um, no, no, no need to pick over the dog's breakfast. We'll just accept. No, 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 no. Okay, but uh, you know, this the 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 fault lies elsewhere. Put it that way. And um, I love the intimacy Mm. of 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 that technique. Yeah, it's not trying to to put what is essentially a puppet show on a Guardians of the Galaxy stage. Because I've seen and heard that it's all wrong mm. to have the whole, even, I mean, even the Thunderbirds music was recorded with a small orchestra in a small studio. And it was in your face. It was tight. It was close. Yeah. It was brash, but it was intimate. You suddenly got 70, 70 players in on an L.A. scoring stage. Yeah. And the whole thing is completely out of proportion, sonically, to, to what you're looking at. Yeah. And so I, I love the fact that you can sort of get right amongst it. And at that point, people really start to hear in detail what you're doing yeah. and, and how you're doing it. And, you know, that's a challenge because you, you do have to come up with new ways of of doing things. But the, the other point I was going to make was it's the weirdest feeling. You know, I when I was learning the clarinet, I used to play the Mozart clarinet concerto, you know, quite a lot of the time, at, you know, probably – unhealthily high percentage of my time spent playing the Mozart clarinet and about four or five other pieces. And then I gave up the clarinet. And, you know, 40 years on, if I pick up the clarinet and play the Mozart clarinet concerto, I'm totally transported back to being 18 years old. I mean, I wish there were other aspects (laughs) to that, that metamorphosis. But, I mean, your musical mindset gets completely transported back. Mm. And it's like an elixir of youth. And you think, God, did I really play it like that? That was so unmusical, so brash and so immature of me. And then, oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, the last thing... You know, I'm going to say is that it's nostalgia, it's memory lane. I get warm feelings towards it. I'm looking for quite the opposite. Mm. I'm looking for the excitement, the elixir of youth, everything coming back, putting that hat on, baseball cap on backwards, all that. I could see you in that right now. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't say this about many things, but. I think I'm the right guy for the job. Mm. Absolutely. That's the main reason that I said yes. Mm. You know, obviously, the work we've done so far, I know it's a pleasure to work with you, Jamie. Yeah. I just look forward to it absolutely actually happening. Yeah. For you as much as, well, for you more than for myself. Wow. For, for for all of us and for the audience too, because it's going to be a great, a great fun ride. No, I had a fantastic time in your studio over those couple of days kind of I was an absolute blast doing that and I I hope that you know we achieved some of the kind of energy levels oh yeah I mean 
that, that, that we're looking for on that. There are moments in the creative process mm. where you get those true moments of collaboration where it leaps up a level. And mm. I actually find those those moments, that process quite emotional. It really charges me up and it, there's that kind of, I don't know, over, overwhelming, fuzzy feeling of positivity when minds come together from different areas and something special happens. And there was there were several moments in that, and I'm not, not taking any credit for input here, but just the process of being together and working on it, where that happened, you know, where you were making some choices about bringing people in, getting your old synthesizer out, adding lines, adding just bassy growls, getting Rich Craker in to do the, the guitar line and stuff. Mm. And all those moments really lifted it. So I, I absolutely love that process and I can't wait to do it again. That's what we're all in this for. Yeah, yeah isn't it great? Isn't it? We're, we're, I mean, and you, you should get that on every level of, of, of your work on Firestorm. And for me, it's just the music, but on different projects. Yeah. But, you know, we're very lucky mm. that we get that from what we do for a living yeah. and not from drugs or, or something. You know, we get, you know, the everything changing moments yeah. Who needs in a really good way. You've got creative collaboration. How fortunate is that? No, very lucky indeed. Well, I can't put this in a very good place. It, it absolutely does. I, I can't wait for more of it. Um, mm. Richard, this has been absolutely fascinating. I've, I've loved talking to you, and, and I'm, you know, I wish to do this properly with a beer. Yeah, microphones in our faces in due course when we're allowed. I'm guessing because of COVID, you're, you know, you're not d- doing online concerts and stuff. Are you avoiding that kind of? No, I'm not avoiding it. I just, on one hand. It's, I mean, if I was a pianist, I'd probably do online little mini recitals, but I need to play with other musicians. And at the moment, I mean, we're so close to having felt our way across a rope bridge yeah. where the strings are breaking. You know, every yard you, you walk, you're so close to the other side that I think I'm going to leave it till everyone I work with is vaccinated and and things look like they're on the mend. Yeah. I mean, apart from that, there are so many musicians out there who are virtuoso social media operatives, yes. which I'm not. I mean, you know, I love to play, but if, if I'm going to do that and no one's going to watch, I don't think I'll bother. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait to... Um, to get out there and do it for real. Yeah. Well, I, at least I keep writing in the in the meantime, and I'm you know not going to stop doing exactly. That. We can still keep creating without um, being mm. out there. And I know, obviously, we we are working secret other stuff potentially for hopefully not too distant future, yeah. which uh, we'll talk about more in the future when we're allowed to. Is there anywhere that um, yeah. fans can find you or your work online, or any uh, any charitable things you would like to plug? Well, can always go to um, to my Facebook. I've just released an album with Rich Craker, who we touched on recently. You played that wonderful guitar solo on the Firestorm main theme. We've just released a, a lockdown project that um, that I well, we had a first lockdown. We were both in Thailand at the time, and his dad owns a fantastic recording studio and works out a fantastic recording yeah. studio in Thailand. And um, 
you know, we made a start on this album. In the end, I headed back to the UK. So I was in the bizarre position of having booked musicians to play in my studio in London. We were recording them over the internet and then came back to London, was doing the reverse and recording in Thailand over the internet. But um, it was a lockdown project and it's called The Shadow okay. Roads. And it's on Spotify and all other and it, well, there's a link to it on my Facebook page. I mean, uh, you touched on charity. That's kind of you. We, my wife and I, have this organisation in Thailand called the May Foundation, and we we uh, we've been supported by a number of my musician friends, including the great guitarist John Williams, not the composer John T. Williams, but the great guitarist John Williams, who's given his time on so many occasions to play at fundraising concerts for us. And our brief in life is to provide musical instruments, books, and teaching services for kids in the refugee Brilliant. camps all along the Thailand-Burma border because there are a lot of refugees who've been driven out of the country formerly known as Burma. I can hardly bring myself to, to say its new name because it was a name that was decided on by the military government without any consultation with the people. But there's really very, I mean, we, we've given them a, a load of instruments. We give them ukuleles and flutes and teaching books and whatever, right. and guitars. But we can't go there at the moment. We can't even get into Thailand, let alone get over to the border because, you know, even travel within the country is restricted. That's how Thailand has only recorded nine COVID deaths yeah. so far. I mean, the country is in, in complete lockdown. But as soon as we open up, we'll get over there and, and, and get that going again. So, yeah, it's all, it's all going on. Okay. So search for... I'm not thinking of retiring anytime soon. I was going to say, you can't yet anywhere. No, no, well, that, exactly. Uh, that point is well taken. Perfect. Uh, so the Shadow Roads, which you can get on Spotify and elsewhere. And um, if people are feeling generous, then the May Foundation. They, I guess they can find that. Yeah, there's a website for us. So that's M-A-E. Yeah, perfect. Richard, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, Forward to that pint, Jamie. Uh, a pint and a series worth of Firestorm music. Uh, yeah, done. Deal. Fantastic. Lovely to see you. And see you soon. Thanks, Richard. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lovely Richard Harvey. What a nice man. And um, yeah. I mean, our chat went on for nearly two hours, so you're, you're not hearing everything there. And, and even when it had finished, uh, it carried on some more. <laughs> Great. So uh, it's just so nice. And we're, we're lucky that he's over here because of the pandemic rather than being in Thailand, where he would be sure. normally this time of year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, do not forget, please, show your support for the marvellous Richard Harvey by voting for him for the Classic FM Hall of Fame which you can reach by going to halloffame.classicfm.com slash 2021. And there's a link in the show notes if you just want to click through there. Right. It'll just take you a couple of seconds. And I know that Barry Gray is also in there. Ah, yes, of we course. We know that. But I would say that, you know, obviously Barry is no longer with us. He's highly respected already and well-known. Richard is much mm. lesser known and is still very much around and working. I yeah. think it would be a rather nice thing to do to vote for Richard over Barry. You're not saying you prefer one over the oh. other, oh. but I'm just saying that Richard is still here to enjoy this thing of being in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. if yeah. you would vote for Richard, we'd really appreciate it. Now, next week, Richard, I'm having a break. Are you? Not from the podcast, but from interviewing. Oh, 
oh, I thought it's all over to me for a week. Oh, no, well. don't worry. And, but that also means I'm not going to ask you to interview, nor Uh-oh. am I going to ask Chris Dale to do the interview. What on earth is going on? We've got some sort of interviewer interloper. Absolutely. That is what we have. Who is the interviewer interloper? It's... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Joe 90 episode. It does, yes. It is. We're going all American next week. Right. So next week in Pod 144, you will be hearing from David Hirsch. Yes. And David is going to be interviewed by none other than podcast producer Ben Page. Oh, fantastic. Good old Ben. So it's totally American. It's all about Ben and David. And uh, it's a great interview. And Ben gets out of David some really fantastic stuff about the early days of meeting Dad and working with him and how that didn't quite work out and then where David's career uh-huh. went and all sorts of stuff on Space 1999 and beyond. So it's Great. a really wow. good chat. So you can enjoy part one of that next week. Oh, well done, Ben. I look forward to that. Uh, now, over on our Facebook group, facebook.com... Oh, I'm not going to say it again. I've already said it and people know it, don't they? Uh, now, uh, Louise has been uh, posting part one of an interview with Jerry Anderson that she found on YouTube. Uh, people have also been having lots of fun with the recent NASA uh, Perseverance landing on, on Mars, as you could imagine, with uh, lots of intimations of the Mistrons having got there first and so of on. Course. Alex Patrick uh, also posted, so when are we going to talk about how next week's podcast lands on International Women's Day? Uh, didn't know that. Oh, that's that's this week's podcast. <laughs> Uh, ah, there you go, yes. Yes, we posted last week. Uh, Dave Mundy responded, By and large, Jerry's shows do a decent job of celebrating female characters. One thing I enjoy about the Anderson body of work is seeing how quickly the role of women evolves in a positive way over such a short space of time. From Venus not understanding handbrakes and Marina being the perfect woman because she's silent, to Lady Penelope being a cool super spy and the angels being badass in under five years. Yeah. Yes, that's a good and take, and isn't it? always trying to address that balance and push things right through to the end with um, yeah. uh, new Captain Scarlet and uh, Lieutenant Gosh. Green becoming a woman yeah. and um, Quite right. Captain Oka yeah. just you know, uh, going for representation there. And, uh, you know, I've got to stick up for Officer Castle in Space Precinct as well. Was, yeah, 100%. Uh, absolutely part of the action and, and right in there. And that uh, was Alex after the 90s. Pass. Quite. Alex Pass says the audiobook reading of Shane Rimmer's autobiography, read by the late legend himself, is currently two ninety nine for download in the Big Finish World Book Day sale. So I'm not sure how long that will be, but it's probably worth a look. World Book Day was only a few days ago, so it might still be on sale there at Big Finish. Joanne Bennett says you're a very naughty boy, Richard James. Well, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> she says, after receiving your recent newsletter, I, I do have my own newsletter, Jamie. Sorry about I, that. I'm aware. I, I know. Yeah. She said, I went to the Jerry Anderson store following the link that I provided to look at First Action Bureau audio and look what happened. And she posted a picture of the uh, FAB uh, box set and also uh, Breakaway from Space 1999. She says, they just jumped into my basket all That's by themselves. very odd. I've literally yes. got those two boxes right in front of ah. me. I'm gonna, I mean, you can't see them, but... No, they're the, can oh, there they are. Them? We can hear them. Yeah, yeah they're both definitely. here. How strange. There you go. Uh, she says, Richard, I'm holding you personally responsible for this if my other half asks what I've been ordering this time. Uh, honestly, though, I can't wait for them to arrive. And I'm also super excited that the Ander points are back too. Mmm. Are they now? <laughs> yes, they've been back for a while, actually. Okay, uh, but you, yes, you, you get uh, loyalty points yeah. for shopping at the Jerry Anderson store, obviously. Good. Uh, <laughs> Ralph says, uh, has the Secret Service vanished off BritBox UK? It was there yesterday, but not today. Oh, I don't think so. They may have done no. a, a, a re-upload or something to deal with some errors. I don't know, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's still there. And finally, for now, Tom Hodden um, said, uh, name the greatest act of bravery in supermarination. Uh, he suggests every time Mitch travels in supercar, but we don't see him in the car. 
Either somebody put him in the boot or he's clinging on the outside. I'm guessing there are deleted scenes where some brave soul has to try and slip Mitch a drugged burger, Mr. T style from the A-team there. CJ List responded, Captain Scarlet, what that man has to go through every time he regenerates should earn him some recognition as an act of bravery. I agree. Uh, Nicholas Vaughan suggested um, Chris Dale watching Torchy again. <laughs> that may be the best suggestion uh, so far. Absolutely. Well, you say that. Matty Keskavari came up with my favourite. Every time Richard has to endure fab facts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, d- uh, that right. is an act of courage. Thanks. Right yeah. There, okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. All for now, but do pop along. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons. There, I've said it, and you can join in the fun. Thank you for saying it. Now people all know where it is because there's no way they could have found it before now. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) As we know from that group and elsewhere, one of our listeners' favourite parts of this podcast, other than the end, is the randomizer. Ah, yes. Hosted by the beautifully tanned... Chris Dale. Doesn't he look svelte, doesn't he? I don't he? know how. Out as well. Chris, been, look at him. I mean, we've been in lockdown, Chris. What, oh, he must have bought a sunbed. He's very buff, isn't he? Yeah. Or he's been working at the, um, uh, you know, the coal phase, essentially, of the uh, Moonbase Alpha nuclear reactor. <laughs> that'll uh, be it. That's, oh, that'll be it. Yeah. Yes. He is getting, actually, when you look at he's looking a bit like Ian McShane in that episode <laughs> where he's gone a little bit too too crispy. So, And now his eyes are glowing. All right, Chris. Over All to right. you for the randomizer. Well, wow. Sorry. So is this it, Marina? You sure? Oh, okay, right, put him through. <clears throat> ah, VLAN. I should have known. So what kept you? You expected my call. Well, who else would be crazy enough to want to steal the randomizer? Especially with all that torchy still in there. You have got it, haven't you? That's it. Exactly. Think about it. All right, slob face. So, what's the game plan? Let me tell you how I see the situation. I don't need to be told about it, it's pretty obvious. I'm guessing this is your subtle little way of asking to press the button this week. To prevent any further unpleasantness, we're both rational men. (laughs) You speak for yourself. Uh, Vilan, Vilan, honey, I am more than happy to let you press that big red button today. You surprise me. Oh, I doubt that somehow. I'm sure your selection will be completely above board. Quit stalling. Are you stalling? You're the one with the printout. You tell me what I'm watching today. The train is out of control. Think about it. Train? Train? Uh, oh, you're holding up the printout. Thank you. Ah, yes, I see. Yes, we are catching a train with Stanley Unwin. He's indeed a ferocious hound. Oh, absolutely. It's the Secret Service. Last train to Buffalo's Halt. Yeah, how do you like them apples? <laughs> Got And here we are, back for our fourth episode, I believe, of The Secret Service out of 13. We're, uh, hope we're not going to run out of these anytime soon, because I'd like to keep The Secret Service going throughout the life of the randomizer. Shipment for you to come along, Mr. E. We've got another eight years or so of this yet. How far are we from Cranford? We'll be there in about 15 minutes. We're uh, riding in a armoured van, and, uh, oh yes, this is the, uh, the episode with the lovely music. Which is probably more famous for um, for being in uh, in a UFO, the sound of silence. But anyway, the security van is now being followed by a car, and this is all live action, by the way, uh, aside from the puppets. Again, shot day for night, which uh, never looks all that convincing. But uh, that car behind, I think it's following us. I believe that's somewhere around Burnham Beaches. Could well be the uh, the very same place that the. Uh, 
Carlin's saw that UFO at the other day. It's a similarly wooded area. It's still with us. Can't we go any faster? I'm flat out now, sir. Oh, and there's another car waiting for them. Being signalled to by a puppet in the studio. Yeah. Well, signalling back, so you got the message, obviously. 193ELO. This is the uh, Jason Smith puppet from Captain Scarlet that's doing the signalling. The other car has parked itself across the road <gasps> in front of the security van. I stumbled there because it says secure core on the front. I wasn't sure which to go with. Pull up! No, sir. It looks like an ambush. Break, man, break! Yeah, most of the time in genre shows, if there's a, an armoured van being driven somewhere, the driver will always get killed, the baddies will always get away with the van, but this time... All right, Mr. Reed. The driver just put his foot down and went straight through. I'm fine. Well, we showed them all right, Mr. Reed. They couldn't stop us. You certainly did, McGraw. You certainly did. Well done, McGraw. But uh, yeah, Mr. Reed doesn't seem too happy that his uh, shipment didn't get stolen. I wonder what that's all about. So we're back from the opening titles, and it's straight off to the vicarage. Last train to Buffalo's halt. Are you ready, Matthew? Ready. Here we go, opening the Minimizer book. And I always wonder what um, people who um, saw an, any other episode than the first episode would make of this shrinking sequence. If you know nothing about the show and someone just puts on this episode for you. Because the Secure Core van sequence was was, was exciting and, and well-directed and all that. And uh, then you get you come back from the opening titles. The opening titles of the show established nothing other than a vicar and a vicarage and then they just throw the shrink ray at you anyway Father Unwin and Matthew are now off to Whitehall, got a meeting with the bishop yes, yes, one of my best operatives is at this very moment on his way to my office, I can assure you he will be here just as fast as the marvels of modern transportation will allow Ah, oh, of course he's chugging along in Gabriel I rather like that the bishop is uh you know, um, equally on board with Father Unwin's eccentricities. We're making excellent progress, Matthew. We certainly are. The mind boggles when you remember not so long ago the law demanded that a motor vehicle be preceded by a man with a red flag. Yes, Father. And nowadays, speeds of 40 and even 50 are commonplace. As you say, Father, the mind boggles. Yes, because this is what we tune into a Jerry Anderson show to see. Vehicles that can reach almost 50 miles an hour. You know, on a good day. But um, it's sweet and charming when uh, Unwin says it with such enthusiasm that uh, it's almost infectious. Anyway, we're now... Oh, we're, we're actually parked at Whitehall. Gone over the bridge. Some nice location filming here. Uh, that will be all, Blake. Have that report ready for me in the morning. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, this is another episode that features uh, Captain Scarlet as Agent Blake. You can come in now. And it's obvious from that that... Um, Blake doesn't know anything about the whole uh, Father Unwin minimizer Matthew setup. Father Unwin and uh, Matthew, please come in and sit down. Thank you. Which makes me wonder, and I may have mentioned this before during the randomizer for a question of miracles. Job in hand immediately. If we quite understand. Blake doesn't know anything about Father Unwin, but he's a bishop agent. British Intelligence Service Headquarters Operation Priest. What does he think the Operation Priest part of that entails? ...to hijack an official security truck. What was the truck carrying? 
Oh, I like that shot of Matthew sat on real books. Abused banknotes. Yes, I'm very vague as to what um, what Blake actually thinks he does and, and who he thinks he works for. The money is at present in a vault. At Maybe they've told him it stands for Operation London Tomorrow Pudding or something. No, by train, non-stop express. And as I feel certain the hijackers will try again, I'd like you, Father Unwin, to be on that train. Uh, what about me? As usual, my dear Matthew. You will be in your case. Ah, and here we go with some lovely model work. Um, we didn't get all that many railway episodes. Oh, there's that Fire 98 save from London Plain newspaper again. As we uh, meet the old uh, station master, is it Albert? It's neither talking to me. Albert Hobson? I think that's his name. Now, who can that be at this time of night? Who stayed on after the station's been shut down? Is it? My name's Callow from the Railways Board. Albert Hobson. That's right. I am authorised to inform you this station is to be reopened. What? The first train will arrive here 900 hours tomorrow morning. And Albert is uh, a new the produced puppet for the Secret Service. We hadn't seen him in in Scarlet or Joe, but yes, we've got. Uh, as, as I was going on about. A few moments ago, we didn't have too many railway-based uh, episodes in the Anderson shows. You know, one or two per series, if that. Mostly with the uh, the Super Mario Nation shows, it was like um, the monorail. All right. On uh, brink of disaster and perils of Penelope and stuff like that. Excuse me, gentlemen. This is the train for London, is it not? But here we have a, a, a real you know 1969 era vintage train uh, i don't expect the usual comforts and it's such a refreshing change of pace from uh, from all the usual high tech stuff will you be allowed aboard uh, not even under these circumstances i don't understand how did you get this authorization i was given it by the bishop there's will something very um very quaint and uh, reassuring and uh, a bit thomas the tank engine about uh, some of the model shots we see here going and uh, Good luck. Which is appropriate, considering, um, you know, some of the people who actually worked on Thomas. Anyway. Care for a game yourself, Father? Uh, no, no, no. But uh, try to keep the stakes in moderation. We were thinking of playing for much sticks. Well, in that case, it may help to pass the time. <laughs> I like that. Wholesome banter. As the, uh, the guards and Father Unwin, who are all guarding the, uh, what is this they're protecting here? Money or bullion? I've forgotten. She's just passed. Right on schedule. The train has just passed. Checkpoint four, sir. There he is. There's uh, Scarlet. And uh, Captain Oka was uh, a no another bishop agent there reporting in from a, every ten a signal box. Be safe now, sir. Thank you, Joan. Out. This is all official, is it, sir? My dear Albert, I thought you'd be glad to have a train back at Buffalo's Halt. Well, I am, sir. But there hasn't been a train up for over four years. I just... Well, one's coming now. Yes, although I don't think we see any other... Your turn, Father. Well, uh, ...engines or locomotives aside from the one that Father Unwin is on here. We do get some nice uh, rolling stock and uh, railway buildings as it, as it races along. That. Neither of the guards have got the ace. I wish you wouldn't inform me of the handy deal, Matthew, and folly for your eyeball. But that's nice, Matthew sneaking a look at the, uh... Well, I happen to know that neither of you have an ace in your hand. Well, that's right. Yeah, the, uh, the railway guards' cards. Well, let's say a little voice told me. We'll have to start again. And 
keeply quiet load this time, Matthew, if you won't. Um, <clears throat> your deal, I think. So, all is well, the train is on course. Some lovely shots of it speeding through the countryside. Safely through checkpoint six. Very satisfactory. Oh, that's not quite the same as most satisfactory. I wonder if they were tempted with this episode to uh, to not go with models for the uh, for the engine and just do entirely live action shots like they're doing with the cars here. But uh, I suppose that's a bit more difficult to control. Oh no, there is another locomotive. Passing by another signal box. Well, I'm afraid you're not allowed in here, lady. This usually makes people change their mind. Oh dear. Hey, what are you doing? What do you want? There's a train due through here in eight minutes. I want it stopped in Blackmore Tunnel. Oh, but that's impossible. Do it. Yeah, Bishop didn't think to put a, an agent in this signal box. Oh dear. Is it being diverted? Jackie, out. This is the station to leader. The train will stop in Blackmore Tunnel, as planned. Oh, and who's this waiting in the tunnel to meet the train? It's naughty old Mr. Reed. Waiting at the points. Very often with the model vehicles and indeed model puppet scenes, by this point in the Supermarination era, you know that they've done enough that they can they can put together a casino or an airfield in their sleep. But because they haven't done anything like a real-world railway before, I, was, I suppose aside from Four Feather Falls, but that was a long time before this, they've produced a lot of stuff for this episode in terms of, of the rolling stock, the locomotives, the railway lines, and it all looks looks lovely. Anyway, Reed has now taken over the train. Got the driver bound and gagged. Are you certain? Yes. Yes. All right. Well? Uh, well, sir. Oh, dear. It appears that the train has vanished. Vanished? Yes, sir. It started to slow down, entered the Blackmore Tunnel, and uh, didn't come out the other end. Boom. That sounds like a line from Thomas, actually. Lose your temper, sir. I just want to lose my temper, Blake. Why should I do that? Well, sir, you. The hijackers <laughs> may find the contents of that train more than they bargained for. I like that Blake is expecting to get a telling off that never actually comes. I suppose, you know, having been Scarlet, having worked for Colonel White so long, and uh, having to put up with his, uh, shall we say, erratic temperament. He's probably a bit surprised when people are like, No, it's fine. We just lost all that money. It's not a problem. Yes, yes. The situation is very clear to me. Yes, yes, I understand. Goodbye. Well, gentlemen, it would appear the train has been hijacked. I knew it. I could tell from the... I also love how casual um, Stanley Unwin delivers lines like that. I knew this had to come, Mr. Callow. I knew the railways board wouldn't forget Buffalo's hope. Yes, yes, Hobson. The train will be here any minute. Now remember, just do exactly as you are told. You can rely on me, Mr. Callow. And this Albert Hobson character is is lovely. Aside from the the look of the character, which is quite sweet, now he's he's properly dressed up in his old railway uniform, and you know there were people around this time who were uh, you know keeping the flag flying for the old. Uh, 
the old steam engines, the old uh, the old railways. It's on its way. So it's quite sad that he's just being used by the baddies to. Uh, right, Joe. As soon as they open the door, let them have it. As part of their plot. Please, I'm sure they will have firearms. Let us avoid violence. Allow me to handle the situation. <laughs> Good morning. Who's this, Reed? I'd forgotten about him. Ah, Mr. Reed, uh, you're looking a little peaky today. But then you have a lot on your mind. I never suspected that you were the inside man, as they say. All right, take them all into the station and tie them up. Oh, change! Oh, change! And get that imbecile Hobson in there. Oh, poor old Albert, trying to carry on, uh, despite the fact that it's clearly not a normal situation he's been thrown into here. That should do it. And where's the truck? It'll be here in five minutes. So now Unwin, the two guards and the driver, have been uh, tied up and put in uh, Hobson's cottage. Rely on me, Mr Callow. Albert. Hobson's the name. Mr Hobson. Ah, yes. Well, uh, Mr Hobson. You just sit quiet. The railway police will take care of the likes of you. Uh, quite so, quite so. Uh, you obviously have the good of the railway at heart. Fifty-five years? Never missed a day. Exactly. But I must explain, you are a victim of deception. Deception? This is where I think the Secret Service works really well. This, um, you know, slightly old-fashioned vicar in a, in a slightly old-fashioned world of, uh, yeah, steam engines and uh, car enthusiasts. It's fine by... Exactly. One of the highest in the land. Oh, all right, Father. Possibly if the series had been more like this, and perhaps actually less of the high-tech and uh, secret bases than the little was there. And these bonds, if you will. I don't know, maybe that would have would have been something, or I don't know how far you could have um, right. oh. pursued that. Men and the truck are a mile down the road. Perfect. It's a very odd show, The Secret Service. I don't know if, I don't know if any of you have uh, ever thought of that, but it's quite odd. Diversion while I lock the security carriage door. I'll see. Now, Mr. Hobson, can you drive this train? After 55 years' service, it'll be an honour, sir. Good. Excellent, Albert. And I do like that um, Unwin has convinced Albert to join them, uh, not through force or, or anything, but uh, just through words. Reed. And this is fun, too. What's that? Reed. Gary Files having fun. Over here. Reed. Yeah, you wouldn't know he's a, a highly trained secret agent. Must be a, a tape recorder. Prize the lock open. But it's lured all the baddies into the train. It must be that old fool Hobson. You should have tied him up with the others. Ah, Albert. We must be on our way before the rest of the gang arrive. Right, sir. Otherwise they might duff us up. And that's it. The train is underway from Buffalo's Halt. And the other crooks have arrived too late to uh, to meet it. I don't think we know who's on that van. Get that door open. Stop this train. We are locked in the security carriage. Get to the level crossing and stop this train. The van is now off to the level crossing. Again, we don't know who's in there. I don't think we see who, who it is. It's all done with models.
and I like that we see the um, even though there's a jump cut between them I like that we see the van and the engine on the same model set full speed out right you are sir Will the van get to the level crossing in time? Why does the level crossing have no barriers? No, they missed it. Train's gone through. Well done, Albert. I think we can reduce speed. Well, that's just it. Uh -oh. You see, I never handled one of these newfangled devices. How do you stop it? <laughs> and a rare example of the uh, music in the Secret Service, which... Uh, I don't know how other people feel about the wah wah, but I was never a fan of that. The train is now out of control, coming back the way it came. And now we're on stock footage of a uh, of real railway. It seems we are on the main line heading for London. Main line, eh? Oh, well. I love that he's more impressed with the thought of it than the the idea that he could potentially be heading for disaster in a very serious accident. Matthew, I understand the situation. The forces of law and order will close in. And I'll have a word with the fat controller. I'm not sure what's happened to uh, to either Jackie, the female baddie, or the two guards and the original rail, the original um, uh, driver. They don't seem to be anywhere anymore. We, we might have left them at Hobson's house. I wish you would find out, Bishop, and reasonably quickly. After all, we are on the main line. Leave it to me. This is fun. Um, despite the fact, you know, again, it's stock footage isn't quite matching up with the model side of things. Never thought I'd get on the main line. This is probably one of the most entertaining climaxes of a Secret Service episode, partly because the stakes are potentially so high it could be a very nasty accident but also father Owen and uh, and hobson are just you know they're not too bothered i think everybody's forgotten about the whole money thing by this point simple as that right goodbye my dear albert to stop you simply take your hands off the controls i just hope we haven't left it too late that seems to work okay yeah another here we go, a, a whole railway yard of, of moving trains and, and rolling stock and sidings and signal boxes. All for that one scene. I don't think... I'd, I'd be very surprised if any of that stuff had appeared in previous episodes. Anyway, the train is safe. Well, Matthew, I think this is a slower but a much safer speed to travel. And all aboard are well. More, Father. Two inches from the end of the line was cutting it a bit fine. It certainly was, Matthew. It certainly was. Ah. That's it. They're off back to the vicarage after another successful mission. So that was Last Train to Buffalo's Halt. And when I think of the Secret Service and uh, times that it, it really worked, I think this is this is one of my favourites from the series. It's, it's such a simple idea for a story, you know, just protecting the shipment of money. But because it's it's taking place on this um, this method of transportation, the railway that we've really never seen before in in an Anderson show, it feels very fresh and very different. And uh, coupled with the the rather lovely Albert Hobson character, um, who I'm sure would probably be far more familiar to viewers of the time than uh, than perhaps he is today. Uh, I'm to be honest, I'm not I'm, I'm not 
up to date on the uh, the latest doings on the uh, the older uh, steam railway scene. But uh, yes, back in the the sixties, I'm sure this was uh, a character who uh, who would have been familiar to certain people. Um, the uh, the silly old duffer clinging to the good old days, and he gets one last chance to to relive those days again and actually take the controls of a train, which is which is rather sweet. So, not the finest episode of the Secret Service, but it's it's pretty high up there. Number two or number three favourite, I would say. Uh, yep, really enjoyed. Another trip on the railway. Ah. Interestingly, I find myself having to say the title of this episode in a northern accent. Oh, let's I hear it. I don't know what. No, I'm, Go not on, gonna, I'm not going to do you, it. What, I want to do, do you call it. Alan, Alan Bennett, do you? <laughs> the last train to Buffalo's Holt. Oh. I don't know why. Oh, there you go. It oh. just feels like it needs it. Anyway, yeah, uh, you're right. lovely bit of Secret Service there. And uh, Ralph, if you were unable to find Secret Service on BritBox, uh, yeah. uh, there you go. You've got your dose right here yes. on this, the Jerry Anderson podcast. Yeah, that's Thanks, nice, Chris. isn't it? Now, just before we go, because I, I sense in your voice, Jamie, that it's wrapping up time. Oh, well, it's actually because I need a pee, but yeah, it is. <laughs> right. Well, people have been getting in touch on Twitter, so they've been hashtagging this Jerry Anderson podcast, tagging me, Richard M. James, him, I'm Jamie Anderson, mm. and him over there. Uh, he's peeling bits of skin off his face. Oh, that's awful. Uh, Chris Dalek. <laughs> uh, for example, uh, Glenn Fitzgerald said, I just found this amazing podcast and absolutely loving it. I remember years ago, a local video rental shop closing down. I bought all their Terror Hawks videos and they blatantly laughed at me. Well, who's got the last laugh now, eh? Keep up the great work guys and that's from glenn justin fisher says i've caught up what am i going to do now luckily i've been saving first action bureau so at least i have that brian b bunny i hope that is his name mm, over on youtube posted nothing. happy birthday to i'm jamie anderson oh. i've been enjoying the jerry anderson podcast and fab live since early 2019 when i discovered them still enjoying them every day i was on the chat of the first fab live which was streaming on youtube oh like, gosh remember that back in the in the midst of time oh, gosh. yeah Simon Allen, uh, who is over on Twitter as Bad Pun Guy, said, Thank you, chaps, for another great podcast and a great slogan for a T-shirt for me. I've inspired Richard James, as it doesn't happen often. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a great one from YouTube. Uh, Brian says, uh, this is regarding our Star Trek fab fact mm. a couple of weeks ago. Belated happy birthday, Jamie, says Brian. And okay. Shatner's wig sounds like a great name for an indie band. As for homages, I gave up trying to count them in Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill's superlative the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen graphic novels. They're all over the place, sometimes hidden, sometimes blatantly obvious, to the point of one of the final episodes resembling an issue of TV 21. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Eric says there was a more intentional tribute, I think, in Star Trek Enterprise episode First Flight. They were testing a warp drive prototype ship, the NX Alpha, and it looked just like a rocket with wings. I took one look and said to myself, please let that be launched off a ramp. And when its sister ship, the NX Beta, appeared, it was indeed launched off a ramp, just like Fireball XL5. I was so nice. happy. And finally, William is taking you to task, Jamie. Oh, dear. What do you mean Star Trek isn't real? You mean it doesn't actually exist? You've completely destroyed my faith in reality. The next thing you'll be saying is that there isn't really an international organisation fighting aliens from another planet. We all know that one's real. And you're quite right. I would never suggest yeah. that wasn't real because we, we yeah. see evidence of that every day. But uh, yeah, apologies right, yeah. for smashing your dreams. Yeah, so there we go. What a lovely bumper crop of communications we've had this week. It's always nice to hear so from our many. listeners. Yeah, I mean, I hope there'll be some left for next week. Oh, we're doing one next week. Yeah. Oh. That'll be right. pod 144 next week, you see. Okay, I'll have to make up some more. I mean, I'll have to um, see if we get any more. 
messages. <coughs> Please email us, podcast at jerryhanson.co.uk, otherwise we'll have nothing to say. Yeah. Oh, right, you lot Awkward. go off and write emails. Richard, start making stuff up, and I'll... Thanks. Um, I'll go and have my pee now. All right. Oh, charming. Ta-ra. Bye. better you all right so yeah, okay. yeah yeah just yeah. just nipped off there and, uh, right. uh, yeah a lot more comfortable well how, how thanks for um sharing that with us jamie that's, well that's i nice. feel like you know 143 podcasts in we've you know got fairly intimate in a sort of audio way yeah it's true it's, yeah we're all getting to know each other now aren't we we all know each other's foibles exactly what what's yeah. your greatest foible do you think my greatest foible yeah. is probably cutting channel my hair five series. A, a bit too short <laughs> Oh yes, um, of course. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went for it and um, yeah, overdid it slightly. To be fair, you've not cut it as short as mine. So no, that's true. You, there's and still one more step. Do you know what? It's saving me bags of time at the hairdryer every morning. It's saving <laughs> me on hair product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you go, you know, bald as well. You, yeah, there's all this right. time and money saved. It's you know, the, yeah, it's definitely the, the only upside. Yeah. Well, my ears are a bit cold. That's the downside. Ah, yes. Mm. Well, you wanted some sort of scarf for your ears. Uh, is there a, such a thing? A scarf for your ears? Like an ear scarf? Yeah. Ooh. Has that been invented before? I think we have not. We should h- hurry down to the patent office immediately. No, I think it has, and I think it's oh. just called a scarf. Oh. <clears throat> okay, well, I, I better go back to the drawing board and see if I can come up with something else. Um, yeah, wish good me luck. luck with that. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.